we've saved you a seat. Welcome to Train Station at 8, a video game music podcast. I'm Steven, your host again, and I'm here with my fellow co-host, Brian. Hello to you, Brian. Hey, how you doing, Steven? Pretty, pretty good. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing wonderfully. How are you doing? That was a perfect introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of introductions, we have a guest with us here as well, and that would be Syl from Battle Bards, a fellow video game music podcast. Oh my Hi, gosh, Syl. how is she doing? Hey, you guys. <laughs> I am very well, thank you. Hey, Stephen. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, we we are excited, too. Um, I've been listening to Battle Bards for quite a while now. I remember the day I stumbled upon that show... um, I was was on on the hunt again, as I am often for new video game music podcasts. And I saw that your show was about MMOs, like, exclusively. And that got me really excited. And I started to look at the recent playlist you had done. And there were songs from World of Warcraft and Anarchy Online. And I started getting more and more excited. (laughs) And I've been, like, (laughs) listening for, like, six months now. Oh, awesome. You guys do good work. I'm happy to hear that. Since you do a massively multiplayer online games, are those all RPGs? Or have you, like, tried to do music for MAG? Or, like, you know, massively multiplayer games that aren't necessarily also Mm. RPGs? Well, we are sort of talking about it for the future. Like, you know, we could feature MOBAs, for instance. Oh, um, yeah. And every now and then we were a bit borderline, I guess. We had a show on post-apocalyptic MMOs recently. And I think some of them were a bit more, you know, not, not very RPG, more like action MMOs or, right. um, yeah, or very instant sort of lobby MMOs. So every now and then we deviate from that, but... You know, the, the RPGs, they, they also tend to have the massive soundtracks. So That's very true. often it's it's mm-hmm. MMORPGs, yeah. And awesome. there but still is not the, the lone member of Battle Bards, right? You actually have two uh, fellow <laughs> Battle Barters. Can I call you Battle Barters? I guess Battle Bards are probably yeah, a better name. You can call us the bickering bards. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah, I have two calls and they suck because they're not here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we try to sort of juggle with the dates, but it's always very hard for us to even record Battle Bards once a month. You know, we do like yeah, um, yeah. two shows back to back. <laughs> and yeah, it's just schedules, schedules, and Mother's Day today and whatnot. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was yes. a bit hard. I mean, scheduling is both the most fun and most horrible part of podcasting sometimes. Yes, yeah. yes, and I'm oh. I'm kind of proud. You know, we just you guys actually just hit fifty shows, and so did we. Oh wow! Yay. I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah, what? and we never missed um you know a schedule yet. Like we were always on on schedule. So far, we have That's two shows really per good. month. So <laughs> yeah. Well, nice. you're joining us um on on an episode where we skipped two weeks in a row, <laughs> so <laughs> we don't quite have the shining record. Um, and I guess we should probably address that before we go into the rest of the episode. Sure. We've been kind of vague and uh, hinting on Twitter that. Um, we've been reconstructing some of the podcast stuff. Mm-hmm. We haven't really been happy with the direction of Translation at 8 recently. Not to say that we don't like the show, but we've been doing it for 50 episodes. And as per our um, our usual tendencies, we get tired of a format if we use it too long. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can never seem to stick around doing one thing for months yeah, at a time. We are so, ADD podcasters. Yeah, sure. I guess so. Um, so luckily, um, we were brainstorming last night and thought up some new format ideas and it's not 100% finalized but next week we're going to try it out and I am much more excited to push the podcast forward so this might be the last podcast that we use this tried and true one song uh, a week formula so appreciate it Mm, that's exciting (laughs) so are you actually thinking of incorporating more music in the future more tracks potentially um kind of the I mean I don't want to nail it down because we haven't quite decided yet but we might be doing more things like, um, I don't know if anyone out there actually listened to our case study of Sonic Adventure 2, mm-hmm. um, but it was kind of an in-depth look at game at a game one game soundtrack. We might do more of that, but we also might focus more on smaller segments as well, give it more of a variety show kind of feel. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. whether that means more or less music, I don't know yet, but we are we'll going see. to be singing the entire podcast. <laughs> That's Translation and Eight, a permanent musical. I gotta say, I was always really amazed and impressed that you managed to just pick one track because, <laughs> you know, it's usually for us, like, 
every other week we challenge each other with a theme, right? So it's always a different mm-hmm. bard that comes up with a challenge. And then we have to pick two to three tracks per MMO soundtrack. And it's so hard. Like, yeah. yeah. And you guys only get to talk about this one track. And I always wondered, how do they do it? It's just so <laughs> well, hard. Well, we, we cheat a little bit is the honest, brutal mm-hmm. truth. Yeah. For example, we talk about Mario 64 and we choose um, the main theme, otherwise known as bob Battlefield. But that represents the game, sure. But we end up talking about most of the other music, too, just by yeah. nature of the episode. So yeah, the primary difference is we just play one song in full, but we kind of play in the background different songs as we talk about them. So a lot of different yeah. music kind of gets sampled across the show by the time we're done. Mm-hmm. But And not to not to just talk about our own shows for the entire episode, <laughs> but one th- more thing I wanted to mention is the challenge idea that you were talking about, Syl, I find mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Because sometimes uh, y- you guys will have to come to the show uh, bringing songs from a game that you may not even like very much. <laughs> and so you're like, well, I was looking through the soundtrack, and this is the best track I could find. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's- we just had really like interesting. we had a very painful show yesterday <laughs> mm. because uh Steph chose a very abstract topic and yeah. uh, she and her we were kind of you know in in the groove and and we totally knew what we were talking about and Sip he just didn't get it at all <laughs> and he just <laughs> oh, hated no. he hated all of it like <laughs> so every now and then we have this really really you know big difference between who likes a soundtrack or a topic and who hates it and then we have these, these yep. discussions and i guess that's what's fun to our audience or so i hear so <laughs> yeah well i it, like it, that because a lot yeah. of video game music podcasts i listen to it they're good but they're often just very agreeable often they're also mm-hmm. are playing music that they all like so it kind of just becomes a little bit similar from song to song where they're like, this song is awesome. Now, why is it awesome? And everyone kind of agrees on that point. Kind of the most interesting episodes are when there's a song that comes up that maybe isn't very good or yeah. at least some people don't think it is. And I think that leads to a lot more conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Like and, you know, we, we are doing this show very much for us ourselves as well. Mm. Like, um, it's really so much fun and we have this exchange and, and I learn a lot, you know, and I discover so many tracks that I usually wouldn't. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just very, uh, very fruitful, I guess, for us as well, because you mm-hmm. get to hear all this music and yeah, every now and then you really hate it <laughs> and you let the other person know. But there, you know, there have been so many wonderful tracks that I got to know because of my co-hosts. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's very nice. It is very hard to play all of the MMOs to hear all the music. Yeah. So you (laughs) never have time for that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's why I like listening to these podcasts because I I can't play all the games, but I can listen to all the podcasts for the most part. But speaking of sharing music that we enjoy listening to, uh, let's kick off this, this particular show with what we've been listening to. Um, oh shoot! I've had to compile this because I've been listening to a lot lately. Uh, oh really? Allow me well, to jump into my iTunes library and look while you guys go. All right, all right. Well, um, Syl, why don't you start then? What have you been listening to recently? Video game music or otherwise? Yes, um, definitely a lot of video game music. For one thing, prepping for battle parts, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I have been listening to a lot of Ion again lately. because I love the soundtrack so much. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Ion. I know, I know the, the game. game. Oh, wow, we said the that. Soundtrack. Yeah, the it's time. the one with everyone has wings, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely it's one of the most beautiful soundtracks there is, and it's pretty, pretty big by now. Um, huge library of tracks, and it is one of the most amazing soundtracks, really. Um, there are a couple of Korean games that just have amazing, amazing soundtracks, and Ion mm-hmm. is one... And Lineage 2 is one that I always go back to. So lately I've been listening to a lot of Lineage 2 town music again because I just love those tracks. Uh, and That's great. From the little I've heard from Lineage oh, yeah. uh, 2, it is it is very, very lovely stuff. Very lovely. Like these two are really, if, if you've never really looked into them, you, you definitely should. And mm. um, otherwise, I'm listening to Beat Buddy. <laughs> What? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's the the rhythm platformer yeah. thingy, right? Yeah. And it has really, really awesome music. You should check it out sometime. Very, very groovy and um, sort of uh, 
different, you know, different artists have contributed to the soundtrack mm. and different bands and such. And it's just a very groovy soundtrack overall. That's very cool. Yeah. I actually own that game. It's in my Steam library somewhere. I, should, I really should try it. Yeah, you have to check out the soundtrack. It's, it's, I, I like to listen to it when I'm driving. <laughs> it's just so much fun. So Very cool. <laughs> it's interesting. I was looking at the music for Ion. What's interesting to me about that game is it's composed, it looks like, by an Eastern composer, which mm-hmm. is not the norm for MMOs. Like, every MMO I can think of is a Western composer. Um, at least all the ones I've played. I'm sure there are a lot of Korean well, MMOs out yeah, there. Well, yeah, you're so probably playing a lot of Western MMOs. I was just going to say, because all, even the, like, you know, all the Asian MMOs usually have Eastern composers. That's a good point. Yeah. I guess all the the like mainstream ones are typically Western. And was Guild Wars an Eastern publisher, but Western developers? Yeah. Or was that all in the West? And it's NCSoft, right? Uh, so when right. they have, they're like this huge powerhouse that have lot, lots of lots of MMOs that they're publishing. But um, ArenaNet is an uh, American studio, right? Right. So it's like a. It sounds like an Eastern publisher with a with a Western developer mm-hmm. for, for Guild Wars, and, and definitely a have... Western composer, Jeremy Soul. Oh yes, mm-hmm. very much the, the like the Westernist of Western composers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. I guess Aeon stuck out to me because I remember that being fairly mainstream around here when it came out, but it is an Easter developed game, so I guess I never really thought about how that would translate to the soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be curious to hear how it's, like, different. Mm, yes. Um, so yes. yeah, it's interesting. Anyway. Oh, you know what? Uh, what is, is uh, Ragnarok Online, that's that's an Eastern developed game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. I love that soundtrack. There, That's one that I'm familiar with. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm. That is definitely on our list as well. We have had uh, people comment that we should do a show sometime. So I uh, definitely want to do that. <laughs> it's another huge soundtrack. Yeah, it's huge. I've gone through the whole thing and like, you know, marked them with one to five stars. And mm. so now I found like the really special standout ones and I just yeah. listen to those over and over again. <laughs> I, I keep going back to whether things are MMOs or not, but do you guys qualify <laughs> a fantasy star online? Ooh, sort of. Yeah, I think we would. Yeah, yeah why not? I've- <laughs> that's kind of what it has to come it's, down to it's not really massively is it no not, not so really. much but mm. back when it came out on the dreamcast it certainly felt massive it kind of feels like the original guild wars in that way where you know you yeah. have your hubs but then you kind of go out and you're typically with you know two or three other people mm-hmm. um, but i love the soundtrack for that another interesting one because it's sci-fi and not orchestral i think it had a really mm-hmm. cool sound to it we've done an episode on that we have semi recently it must have been one of the First console MMOs besides Final Fantasy XI, I think. Yeah, was there, it there's not many. It well, eleven was on the PS2, right? So yeah, and the yeah, so Dreamcast. So they would have been pretty close. Sort the same era, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll say they're about the same time because I don't want to look up all of these releases. No, that would be boring. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> Any, so, anything else on your plate, music music wise, still? Well, uh, on and off, you know, always uh, I'm listening to the, you know, Blake Robinson's uh, Synthetic Orchestra. Oh, yes, I am familiar. Yeah, I'm listening to the Chrono Trigger soundtrack all of the time just because it's like my mm-hmm. favorite game of all time and favorite music of all time. And so um, I listen to that a lot, just yeah, generally. I, <laughs> I do love the, I have barely played any Chrono Trigger, but I, I already love the music. Oh, it's, it's amazing. I cannot deny that. Mitsuda and, um, you know, Nobuo Uematsu for Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Those two composers are like my, the gods of my VGM pantheon. Like, they're really like my favorite composers and they've been so important for me. Like, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. in getting into video game music and, and just stellar composers, really. Well, I think to risk getting on a huge tangent, I think Nobuo Uematsu is one of the first people to treat video game music. <laughs> seriously and i'm you know his his orchestrations hold up to full orchestration to this to this very day he would insert operas into his games it was uh crazy stuff the distant worlds yeah yeah still going on there (laughs) yeah i keep you know like watching when they'll be back to europe because i really really want to go sometime it's like one of my big big 
to do's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Brian and I never really got into Final Fantasy and thus never really got into Nobu Uematsu's music that much. But especially recently, I've come to appreciate the music. Even if I don't have the nostalgic mm-hmm. ties that a lot of people have, yeah. I understand why it's so important to so many people. It really is phenomenal music. Yeah, it is. So, well, Brian, what's been up with you? Have you remembered what you've been listening to? Yeah, I've been listening to a lot. Um, so <laughs> people who listen to the show probably know I'm a fan of Ace Combat Music. Um, I know that. You know that, yeah, which is the uh, series of flight simulators that Namco used to put out and now killed with a free-to-play game and don't care about it anymore, but I won't. Oh, you, know, you mean just... like Soul Calibur? <laughs> Pretty much like everything Namco does right now, Aww. but oh well. Uh, at least they're not Konami, but we won't get onto that uh, right now. But I've been, typically I've been a really big fan of Ace Combat 5 and Ace Combat 6, since those are the most recent, most orchestral, and I think most elaborate soundtracks they've done. Excellent stuff. But I decided I kind of wanted to go back and see, like, the origins of it. So I've been listening to Air Combat, which was the first Ace Combat game, uh, as well as Ace Combat 2 and now Ace Combat 3. And Air Combat was interesting. Steven, you listened through the soundtrack as well. What did you think of it? Um, well, first of all, it sounds nothing like Ace Combat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, exchange the soaring strings and modern militaristic uh, uh, electronic elements mm-hmm. with... Like organs and wacky guitar solos, yeah, um, and lots very of much an arcade and game. woodwinds, some woodwinds for <laughs> yeah, uh, Donkey Kong Country measure. style stuff there, yeah, yeah. It was a an uneven soundtrack. I found I got a little bored through certain parts, mm-hmm. but those the songs that are good are really good. Yeah, they're just jazzy, fun. There's a lot of like prog and jazz f- fusion influence throughout the whole album, which yes. is really different from modern days combat games. <laughs> um, very, different. I think that. It was an arcade game, first and foremost. It wasn't about being epic. It wasn't about a story. It was about go shoot the bad guys and fly a plane around for 10 minutes before you had to put another quarter in. So mm-hmm. it's like it was completely trying to get a different vibe across. I don't. I think the console release of Air Combat was just a port. Um, oh, so that makes sense. That was similar for Ace Combat 2, I believe, but that game was starting to... It was like the transition period where there was a lot of guitar work and kind of rocking arcade music but they also had some music that was like orchestral and an- more not ambient but more of building tension rather than playing just a melody for mm-hmm. you which is very much what modern is combat music is about so it was just interesting to see that develop over time the interesting thing about Ace Combat 3 is it was not continuing to develop that sound it, it took place the story of that game took place in 2040 yeah. um, so it was like trying to create a future sound um, so the whole soundtrack is very electronic, way more electronic than two or four or five or like any of the other Ace Combat games. Like um, atmospheric, like loopy electronic or kind of yeah. Okay, um, it was very much trying to be ambient and cool and make you feel like you're in the future. Um, <laughs> so it was interesting to hear. I definitely heard elements of that came forward into five and six. If you listen to those soundtracks, there are a lot of electronic elements, especially in five. Um, but this was a soundtrack that was almost like purely electronic. There's very little guitar work, very little orchestral work. It's an interesting period for the series that's almost more of like a sci-fi game than a traditional Ace Combat game. Um, that's quite interesting. It reminds me of San Francisco Rush 2049. Yeah, it's kind of similar on that. I, I don't love the music in 3. I don't think it's super great so far. At least it doesn't grab me. Is it a different composer? Um, actually, it is a composer that worked on a lot of Two's music, I believe. I or mm-hmm. maybe about a third of Two's soundtrack. And then he basically got full reign over three soundtrack. Um, mm. And then I think it went on to other composers. And Four four is the game that really got the modern sound down. The only thing holding Four's soundtrack back is just their attempts at synthesizing an orchestra could only be so good on the PS2. Um, so yeah. it was before people really got that down. Um, which five and six had. So yeah, as a huge Ace Combat fan of, I've listened to five and six like repeatedly. Some of my very favorite video game soundtracks ever. It's been cool to go back and kind of see the history and lineage. Um, the only person who comes even comes close to your appreciation of Ace Combat is, I think, Andrew Lures. Yes. I think he really loves those soundtracks. I don't know anyone else who cares. <laughs> no. I mean, other than me, I love the music, but I it's, know. it's not I, very popular. One reason I bring speaking. it up a lot is, yeah, I, I never hear it mentioned in other places. <laughs> yeah. so. I never really heard of it. So, But I, I yeah. will look it up after this show. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, if you want to start in one place, I think you should listen to the theme of mm-hmm. Ace Combat 5. Sure. Right. Yeah, it's really interesting because it's like basically a 
uh, like choir and orchestra for the entire piece. Um, they got an actual live choir and orchestra mm-hmm. to play the whole thing, and it's absolutely stunning. Amazing. It's, it's one of the songs I always show to people who don't know video game music mm-hmm. to to uh, shock them into what video game music can accomplish. <laughs> yeah. sounds very interesting i should definitely look into that sure it's beautiful stuff uh mm-hmm. speaking of beautiful stuff i have been listening to the nino cooney soundtrack as well oh how um, delightful yes and that's just yeah that that's very amazing beautiful. stuff for for people who don't know uh nino cooney is a japanese rpg that oh man a studio ghibli is that how you pronounce mm-hmm. it ghibli? ghibli ghibli no i think it's G- i think it's ghibli ghibli okay G- G- ghibli Anyway, the people who put out all those great anime <laughs> movies um, <laughs> helped with this game. The interesting part of that, uh, beyond doing a lot of the visual design, is they got their composer, Joe Hisashi, uh, to do the music. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a film composer doing a video game, and that's very, very apparent, because this stuff sounds like it's from a movie. Um, it's very flowing. It's very... Uh, it's weird to say it's very fully orchestrated, but it very you can hear the room this orchestra is recording in. It's got a very yes. warm sound to it all. Um it's really exquisitely composed and exquisitely played, and when that stuff really takes off and plays the main themes, it's it's hard to beat. So I've been enjoying that a lot. It, there is a lot of downtime and kind of uninteresting songs because a lot of it is for cutscenes and you know, mm-hmm. In a, in similar ways to film score, I don't always find that stuff supremely listenable. Um, but I've been enjoying it. I listened to the first disc of the two discs, and it was a uh, it was good listening. I definitely recommend people check that out as well. I'm a fan of the Nino Kumi stuff. Um, but yeah, it's been a long few weeks since we last recorded. I'm trying to think if there's anything else huge I listened to. A lot of um, Mario 64 soundtrack. Yeah, that's true. And you've been playing Mario 64, so... Indeed, I have. Uh, for some reason, I decided to try to get 120 stars in that, because why not? Um, and I'm getting really frustrated on that sand level. Um, oh, no, with the jumping boxes <laughs> that pull you into the uh, quicksand? Uh, yeah, that and the annoying little crow thing that flies around and you have to grab oh, the star out of yeah. his talons. Yeah, uh, It's been a long time, but I still remember. <laughs> but it's been amazingly fun, and I just forgot how good that soundtrack is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talked about that a lot on the last yeah, episode. Yeah, so I think we could probably skip I won't that. go into detail on that. But yep, yep, that's that's about been what I'm listening to. All video game music for me, for the most part. Okay. You? <laughs> I was hoping you'd fill that void because I'm trying to remember. Okay, I've been listening to a lot of um, unexpected things. Mm. Unexpected thing number one is I found that you had a Reliant K um, album in your library. I do. So I stole that. Got that on um, recommendation. And re- Yeah, I know we have a friend who likes Reliant K a lot. And Sorry. Reliant K is, what, they're kind of a a punk rock a little oh, bit of pop hard to call christian band i would say they're a pop rock with a little bit of punk okay <laughs> like, yeah i had that i had that mixed up yeah. um and on one hand it's like heartwarmingly teenager yeah 
Like, it, all the songs are about how he has problems and how he's confused, but how he's going to do better tomorrow and he regrets all of his mistakes, but it's all this really upbeat, like, electric guitar-driven stuff. And I But on the other hand, that kind of annoys me on a deep level. <laughs> so I'm not sure <laughs> if I like it or not. Yeah, um, it kind of feels like stuff you'll hear on EA tracks if you're playing a burnout game for 2002. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it, the thing is, it has a, it has an era. It has a feel to it, a, yeah. a little bit of a nostalgic tinge. So I, I appreciate mm-hmm. it, but I don't think I'm going to listen to it again anytime soon. You don't need um, to. I also listen to Air Combat, like we mentioned before, which is really fun. Um, and I've had to do some driving around in the morning recently, which I don't normally do. I usually like to eat breakfast in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Just eat breakfast while driving. I've been switching things around. So I've been listening to the Viva Pinata soundtrack again. <laughs> really? I love the Viva Pinata soundtrack. <laughs> That's awesome. One what of a my shrill favorites. game. <laughs> uh, and, well, the thing is, it's really good for when you're trying to wake up because it eases <laughs> you into the day. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, uh, man, Grant Kirkhope, I, th- I think it's his best work. I know people love Banjo Kazooie, but I really think that's probably his ultimate masterpiece. Um, which is saying a lot. Speaking of Kirkhope, um, he and David Wise recently released a couple of tracks from Ukulele, which is the Kickstarter, uh, uh, platformer from the X Rare people. Um, so listeners, I don't know if you've heard that yet, but you should go over there. And, uh, see which one you like more. Um, I think, Brian, you like the David Wise track a little bit more than the Kirkhope one. Uh, yes. A lot more. Yes. Oh, a lot more. Mm-hmm. I didn't find the Kirkhope track was very good, but that's just me. It was, it was good. It was a little bit standard Banjo Tooie. Yeah, it felt like Kirkhope just being Kirkhope, which is okay, but it didn't feel like he was doing anything new. And I've never been a fan of like jungle music in games. Mm-hmm. I think it's very often plotting and boring. And I thought that was kind of plotting yeah. and boring. So fair enough. I, I'm just, I'm just so happy that he's working on a project with David yes. Wise. I don't really care. <laughs> I know. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited about what he's going to do. I just wasn't very impressed by that song. Yeah, I, I get that. What um, I am excited about is they reached their stretch goal where it's all going to be orchestrated. Yeah, that'll really change it. Yeah. Because both of them could do truly great things uh, with an orchestration. Has David Wise worked with one before on a game? I don't know. I don't recall one. I can't think of a time. Mm. That's really interesting. I wonder, wonder how he'll do. Um, well, and I guess the last thing I'll mention, uh, is Rayman Origins. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I love Legends. That. Rayman Legends, the second game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I listened to that also in the car. Huge album. Just put a big smile on my face. I especially loved, uh, the levels where essentially uh, they riff on the James Bond films mm-hmm. for a while. Um, it's oh, so yes, I those splendidly now. done. And all of the names for those levels are like puns on spy movies. Oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, you should play the game if you haven't. I mean, it's. I think it's hands down the, the greatest jump and run or platformer that I've played since, you know, the Mario games, really. It's so amazing, like visually and the action and the music, and it's just mm-hmm. so amazing. Like it's one of the best buys I think uh, that I have on Steam, and I've played so many hours. I think last uh, Christmas, and the music is in my like top um, BGMs for 214. Like I do uh, like a top every every year uh-huh. at the at mm-hmm. the end of every year in December, and yeah, that is an amazing soundtrack. But the game is really great as well you should really really look into it luckily we did look into it um (laughs) we beat the game in co-op actually Um, so we played through it together and you're complete everything you said is 100 right and part of the reason why the soundtrack lacks a little bit when you listen to it on its own Mm -hmm. because part of the comedy and the genius of the music came from how beautifully it's synchronized with the action yeah Mm -hmm. That's and it, divorced from that, it uh, 
it does kind of lose something. So it's actually right. better in game, which is a huge. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of listening to like the Shadow of the Colossus music, as fantastically composed mm-hmm. as that stuff is. It really is is a um, and it's another reason I think film scores aren't very good outside of their components mm-hmm. is they that visual component is so tied into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but even more so in in Rayman because sometimes mm-hmm. the music actually does change like depending on what up. you're doing. Well, yeah. I mean, in a film score, that's absolutely critical. Yeah. But yeah, more than like Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, I was more speaking to sure. And if you think about like old video game music, a lot of that stuff was created like just kind of divorced from the project itself, which is yes. some reason a lot of that melody-driven stuff from the NES and SNES works so well on its own is because sometimes those composers didn't even know what the game was. What they were really doing for it. Um, I think so that's one reason. Good music. I think that's one reason we both like Sonic music so much because even to this day, uh, they pretty much just find like a talented musician, put him in a box, say write some some music to <laughs> to this game, a complete songs, you know, A to A to Z, and then yeah, we'll put them in the game. But yeah. anyway, that that was that's about all I've been listening to. There's more, but we we don't yeah. have all that here. So yep. <laughs> Let's move on to talking about the song in question today, which is from Guild Wars 2, appropriately an MMO. <laughs> um, and uh, the song we're going to be talking about here in a minute is Saga of the Norn by the wondrous Jeremy Soul. And I have uh, a few points I'm looking forward to talking about this. But before we do that, I think we ought to give a quick background uh, that we have with the game. And maybe still, could you could you start? Did you play this game like when it first came out? Yes, I I did actually wait on this game very very impatiently for quite mm-hmm. a long time. I um you know I played World of Warcraft very extensively for more than six years, and then I played some Rift and some other games because I got tired of World of Warcraft like everyone does at some point, and <laughs> certainly before Cataclysm, everyone sort of left, and I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really fed up with some of these typical um, sort of MMO mechanics, like uh, maybe, you know, the Holy Trinity uh, and things like that. And then when they announced Guild Wars 2, halfway through, I got so excited for the game and I saw these beautiful screenshots and artworks and, yeah, and Jeremy Soule was composing. And so I was waiting for launch and I played on launch weekend and I was a Norton actually from the very beginning. So, Uh (laughs) yeah, I did play this um, for a good while, for a year. I also did some PvP, you know, world versus world, and did all the dungeons and, yeah, the usual stuff. And then I kind of ran out of Endgame, which is, like, one of the big issues of Guild Wars 2. Uh-huh. And, uh, but I did play it for, for a year, which is a long time in MMO years. <laughs> Nowadays, <laughs> right. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think Guild Wars 2 can kind of get away with not having, a gr- like, a, an extensive Endgame mm-hmm. uh, feast. Because everything up to the end game is so exceptionally yeah. well designed. <laughs> and beautiful. And Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's just a pleasure to play. Um, and really, your story is kind of similar to ours. Um, except we were even more centered on World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been playing that since... Oh, wait. Yeah, I guess so around we were Lich King. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not... You know, we weren't there from the beginning, but when we well, discovered... We did stick with it past Cataclysm. So we did. We really um, we, barely. <laughs> That's <laughs> our team. They tested us, that's for sure. Uh, but before that, we had played Anarchy Online and, like, Age of Camelot, and we hated all MMOs, despised every single one we played. <laughs> I mean, I know that all those games have their own special qualities, but it was just too hard to get Unfortunately, into. Unfortunately, one of those special qualities was being bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or at least being so confusing, we couldn't figure out, like, how to use an item. Maybe that was our problem. I don't know. But World of Warcraft famously invited everyone into the MMO camp and was approachable. So we completely fell in love with everything about World of Warcraft. (laughs) Uh, But as time went on, we started to get a little, um, especially after Cataclysm, we started to get uh, a little um, dissuaded by some of the decisions they're making. And uh, uh, the gameplay just wasn't holding up for us anymore. And so like you, Sil, we were following the development of Guild Wars 2 saying... If they pull off all the things they are saying they're going to pull off, mm-hmm. this might actually get us to switch MMOs, which is unthinkable. And I can't say it got us to switch MMOs, but it got us to split our time, <laughs> which is a uh, an accomplishment in its own. Um, we kind of played it on and off for, I don't know, six months or maybe mm-hmm. a year. Um, and I never really stopped because I got tired of it. Um, I just 
you know, had other things to do, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I would still love to go back to Guild Wars 2 at some point. Well, you know, yeah. it doesn't have a subscription, so it's kind of the perfect MMO to play yeah. along with, with an MMO that you're paying for monthly. So exactly. you can always play a mm-hmm. bit of Guild Wars 2. <laughs> yeah, I was really impressed with some of the stuff they did. I think the thing that I actually liked most was how it would scale your level to the place you were leveling in, mm-hmm. um, which just made it, like, so much easier to level and say, oh, you're, you know... I have a friend who's starting out and is 15 levels lower than me. Well, I can go to his zone and now I'll be level six as well. And we could both play that content together. Mm-hmm. It just made it like so much easier to play stuff. You didn't have to worry about, oh, shoot, I'm overleveled. I'm underleveled. Like, where should I be? Wherever you went, so long as the level cap was equal or below you, you could just do the content there. And that just made it such yeah. a more enjoyable experience where in WoW you had to stay on a specific path or things get really problematic really quickly. Yeah, I agree. It felt a lot more like horizontal. Um, mm. progression wise, mm-hmm. I, I think. And what I really loved about it, the holy trinity thing aside, because I, I got so tired in World of Warcraft of, you know, waiting for tanks or <laughs> healers and, and you don't have that in Guild Wars 2. So that's right. awesome. You can always play with your friends no matter what role they are. And the other thing that I really loved is just the way you can explore and, you know, go on an adventure in this world, like yes. with the vistas and also all the events, like the dynamic events that are happening and the heart, the heart quests. Um, mm-hmm. the fact that you don't have a quest, uh, like a quest inventory anymore or a, or a quest list, but you just right. go from place to place and quests are actually happening around you and they're, tied to the location they're not tied to you the way they are in world of warcraft right so i love that i love that i love the fact that the world feels alive and stuff happens when i get there it's it's not written on my screen somewhere (laughs) so yeah it's so much more freeing because you can just walk somewhere and all the quests will automatically be abandoned and all the quests in the new area will automatically be opened you don't have to run around between 10 people and fill up your quest log again yeah. yeah, exactly. And no quest a, log. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that was a huge, a huge thing. And yep. the mechanics combined with the art, combined with the music, to me kind of put it second only and gameplay wise, uh, surpassing, um, World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably still never find a world that I get more invested in and feel more at home in than Azeroth and its accompanying, uh, portals and whatnot. Um, <laughs> But Guild Wars is a second, um, mm-hmm. MMO-wise. It, like you said, so you can actually go on adventures that feel worth going on in that game. Yeah. Um, and the huge you, dragons. Oh, my God. Yeah, you can dragons. climb stuff, and it's <laughs> there aren't a bunch of invisible walls, you know, blocking you from yeah. getting where you want to go. Uh, it's, uh, it's a very cool game. Um, and I started off... Uh, I don't know. Was this the first race I chose? The one I settled on was the... The, the, what, what are the little short dudes called? Um, Azura. Azura, yes. Um, I really like them. I didn't think I would, but I guess it makes sense. I like gnomes in World of Warcraft. I'm that person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think when we started, I played in Azura and you played the plant people. Oh, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Clearly we're invested in the lore. The plant people and the short people <laughs> the were my original people. races. <laughs> yes, exactly. Silvari, they're called. The Silvari. Silvari. I knew it was something and I was going to say Sylvanas and I'm like, wait, nope, law, wrong lore there. Um, mm. But then we had a friend who was playing a Norn and we ended up doing like our initial leveling in the Norn area. Yeah. So that's kind of where we were all gathered and playing through was that. Very beautiful, like, forest and uh, hills and snowy mountains of the Norn people. And the Norn people are a very, um, let's say, warlike, independent, um, uh, sort of mm, Viking, I would almost One say. One might say they're <laughs> Norse-inspired. Norse? Well, that, mm, that's going too far, Brian. They're the Norn, after all. I don't yeah, want to draw any How did you get comparison. that idea? <laughs> they're certainly yes. brave uh, warrior northern, northern folk. Yep. Um, and uh, lots of snow, lots of warm uh, huts with fires in it. And uh, one thing I found very interesting is that Jeremy Soule wrote the music to this game, and including the Norn music, and he also wrote the soundtrack to Skyrim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with uh, the Nords. The Nords, <laughs> precisely. <laughs> exactly. A snowy warrior-focused uh, land of the Nords. So uh, I'm, I'm very interested to compare and contrast that between Skyrim. 
Um, well, I think, I still think, you know, as much as I love Guild Wars 2 and the soundtrack, Skyrim is like off the charts, the, the most yeah. amazing thing that he's ever done. I mean, I love Skyrim to bits. I, I, I agree. The only thing I think is better is uh, maybe the other Elder Scrolls games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hold all of them in very high high regard. Yeah. So anyway, the song that we're going to play today is Saga of the Norn, which I believe plays during the Norn intro cinematic and possibly throughout the game as well. Oh. Um, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> You've already learned something, Brian. So if yeah, anyone can correct me, feel free. But I think that's the case. Um, so let's play that now so you listeners can get a taste of it. was saga of the norn by jeremy soul quite a rousing piece wouldn't you say very much so i think it's awesome for sort of you know um rise heroes and um get ready for battle and it's a it's a very like a call to arms right i agree entirely and in fact when we were deciding on a song uh to choose for this episode we had a few uh to send to you sil and you focused on this one uh, and what convinced me was when you said it had more of a story to tell than the other songs. Mm-hmm. And I listened to it again, and I realized you're right. It it very much has a pace that, like, picks up more and more throughout the piece. Uh, and I think there's a lot to discuss about it. Um, so, hey, Brian, I've got a question that I was wanted to ask you before the show, but I saved it until now. All right. Is it about the song? Uh, it is about the song. <laughs> that's good. That's no, I was going to ask you, could you pick up some milk at the grocery store later on? <laughs> No. no. Good. What do you want to talk about? Um, so, what do you think about that main melody? That. I think it's a little bit unoriginal. Like, it feels very basic to me. It mm-hmm. also, it, it kind of feels to me like a knockoff of the theme of Gondor from mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay, explain. Explain. All right. So the first three notes are basically the three notes from the theme of Gondor. You mean um, that the dun 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 yeah, dun dun three notes. Oh, dun dun dun. That's oh, the, that is, the theme of Gondor. That is very limited, though, right? <laughs> but that's super limited. Oh, I know. But I just find it's also trying to get like a similar tone across. Um, mm-hmm. This idea of a bombastic. Um, I mean, of course, you're going to write a theme about 
A call to arms is a good way to put it, I think. And that's what this is. This is similar to what Gondor was when Gondor was in its ascension. They also used that theme in Lord of the Rings for, like, the tragic kind of fall of Gondor. But when it was at its fullest height, it was trying to accomplish something very similar to this song. So obviously it's kind of a, um, what would you say, a joking statement to just compare it to Gondor. Because mm-hmm. they are trying to do similar things. Right. I mean, but, it's squarely an epic fantasy soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them sound similar to this, especially... Yes. Um, if you're trying to elicit uh, uh, a heroic quest. Oh, for sure. I just find the main theme of this is not my favorite part of the song in general, especially in how it's played originally. Because um, mm-hmm. it basically opens the song with the main theme, with that very low horn. I'm not actually positive what type of horn that is, but it's very Jeremy Soul-esque. Especially yeah. from the man with the horns, right? Like, <laughs> always. Like, horns and then strings and drums, yes. then you've got the Jeremy Soul track. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like, this, this, even the specific horn sounds very similar mm-hmm. to the sorts of things he uses in, um, in Elder Scrolls combat music. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a lot of reverb to it. It's very low. It's very, uh, bombastic and it can hold its own as a solo horn. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's a very, um, it's got a lot of impact to it for being, I believe, just a single instrument rather than an ensemble. Um, but when it opens the theme, I just find it kind of plodding. It doesn't work for me. Um, it just, the chord progression to me is a little bit dull. It just mm-hmm. goes in a expected route, except maybe the last one or two chords in it. And I just find it's, it's the call to arms theme kind of distilled, but it doesn't really do anything that surprises me or makes me interested in it. Ah, which um, is a failing for a call to arms song if it doesn't get you excited. But so- I would be the soldier there, everyone's cheering, and I'm just going, okay, eh, they're like, you need to fight in the war. And I'm like, yeah, but that wasn't very good chord progression. And they're like, you're the worst soldier. We're going to go make you hang out with the elves and pluck some harps for a while. Mean In the yeah. meantime, still, what do you think about that theme? I'm sort of like half, like 50-50 with you, Brian, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I gotta say, sure. I do really, really like this track. For me, mm-hmm. it's it's very, very Norn. And I think it's a great track to just represent the style of the soundtrack. Like the, the music of Guild mm-hmm. Wars 2. I think this is a very good intro to get into it. Certainly very Jeremy Soul, like we said. And for me, it's it's quite stirring. Like I, I love the energy of it from the beginning. Um, what I do sort of agree with, but, you know, Stephen already said it, like these kind of epic, bombastic call to arms tracks. I mean, every, every self-respecting MMO has a couple <laughs> right. and they always sound a little similar. And if you have a, a very strong track like this, it, it's not going to be necessarily as sophisticated, maybe as a more subdued or, you know, more thoughtful track. Maybe it's not going to have the same depth because it's just very powerful. So you, you kind of, right. you can't have both usually with, with the bombastic tracks. That's just what they are. Um, and for, for me, it's, uh, it's very Norn and, and it's kind of very Guilt Wars, I think, because it has all these familiar Guilt Wars cues in it that people know and love and also from the first MMO. So uh, I think it's it's quite a fan favorite from that point of view. I agree yeah, with you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because... Oh, sorry, Stephen, I don't mean to cut you off. Go um, go ahead, cut me oh, off. I'll sure. deal. Um, because I am coming at this very much knowing very little of the Guild Wars cues. So it's interesting mm-hmm. to hear, like, I'm... I, I listen to like Warcraft music. I'm like, oh, that's that song and that's that little song. And oh, they did a little bit melody there from that song. And I listen to this and it's all completely new to me. Um, yeah. so it's very interesting to me, like where that stuff might fit in. But yeah, I agree with you. Kind of the, the second half of my point, um, is that I think I focus more on the first time you hear that melody. I think mm-hmm. it really comes into its own when they shift the key a little bit and play it with the different instrumentation to close out the piece. I think the melody is much, yeah. much stronger there for me. When that backing horn that I was talking about, the very powerful horn, is used more as an accompanying kind of bass horn, in addition mm-hmm. to the main theme being played with that brighter horn and a higher octave, the song <laughs> really comes together a lot better for me. So I yeah. enjoy the ending of it a lot more is it a, than the opening. Is it immature of me to be really mad at you for stealing my point that I was going to make? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, what I do that all the time on Battle Bar, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, where at first I'm like, hmm, this seems a little generic. But then there was that midsection that changed the melody around, like, one yeah. minute. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I started mm-hmm. doing that, bum, 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 bum. And I'm like, oh, 
well, that's exciting. And then yeah. that momentum carries it straight through the finish where it brings the original theme back. And then I'm on board and I really right. like that. It, that's when I, my blood starts getting pumping a little bit. Mm. Yep. Uh, yeah. Personally, I'm, I'm not even such a big fan of the horns either. Like my favorite part is like right after in the beginning yep. when you just have the strings. And then you just did it, did it, did it with the, just with the strings, like, um, and it builds up slowly with the strings. I love mm-hmm. that part because it's more, yeah, it's a bit more refined. Um, it's not as full on. And I, I really love the, the very string heavy tracks in the soundtrack. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to remember what my favorite track was called. I think Night of Embers. Yeah, that's the one. If, if you have time sometime, um, check oh, that sure. out. Yeah, it's a okay, very, very awesome. powerful track, but it's very string heavy and, and it's so dramatic and it gets me really pumped. <laughs> oh, I want to listen to this whole soundtrack, honestly, and go back to it. It, it bums me out that it doesn't seem to be on the direct sound website. Yeah. Where the soul sells all or direct music. song. Is it direct song? Direct, I don't remember, okay. honestly. It might be direct song. And then on Amazon, it's like only for pre-owned like $500 or something. So I know. I don't really know the best to me that it's not buy. available out there. Uh, widely. It was the same with Skyrim as well. Um, it was this weird sort of a standalone webpage that would sell it. And mm-hmm. it was really, really hard to find. And it was very expensive. And I think I ordered it and I never got it. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Isn't it. ours like digitally signed by Jeremy Solar? I don't know. I don't maybe. Know. Well, you can buy it on iTunes now. So you can buy it on iTunes now. You you can get yeah, it is uh, direct song. You can get Skyrim there. You can get Guild Wars. You can get all of Guild Wars expansions. Yeah, but, but you iTunes can't get is Guild the Wars devil. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, iTunes is yeah. the devil. <laughs> iTunes is the devil. <laughs> yeah. But you can also get it directly from Jeremy Soul's website, directsong.com. You can uh-huh. get Skyrim for sixteen bucks, which is. Mm. Fair, quite nice. There's no Guild Wars too, and it confuses me. That's very strange. So I had well, I, I just realized that you guys were spot on with the horns because in my notes, the one of the first things I wrote was "There be yon soul, hark the horns." <laughs> so <laughs> that's a great note. Uh, um, but yeah, going back to your point, I 100% agree. When I was listening to this song repeatedly, that the part with the strings was my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Like after the opening, when it's just playing those. With a little bit of light horn in the background and some, and some choirs, like that's what to me, um, had a much more refined or just enjoyable, I think, mm. enjoyable sound because I think the horns are just a bit much, especially that mm-hmm. one horn when playing a very simple melody, very staccato style. It just got a little bit, um, a little bit much overall. I feel the strings captured the spirit of, uh, adventure that Guild Wars 2, uh, yeah. carries with it so well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and it is, you know, it is a very beautiful soundtrack. In mm-hmm. Soul is a very, I mean, it's a very accomplished, uh, sophisticated composer, and and it's very symphonic, all of it. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's just so much to love. But personally, I like the 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 more refined tracks, like we said, the one that also every now and then, you know, they 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 pause. And they, they develop and take their time and they tell a story. I do mm-hmm. like that when, when a track shifts and has sort of transitions in it. So yeah. this one here doesn't really have that so much and I miss uh, transition. So mm. I agree completely. I think it's also something for me, at least that soul has shown his greatest strength is with songs that are more ambient and take mm-hmm. more time to build. I find his exploration ambient music in the Elder Scrolls games are often much, much better than the combat music he composes for them. But to um, compare a bit to Elder Scrolls on that note, this mm-hmm. is kind of like the combat music that I've always wanted Elder Scrolls to have. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, it's if this was playing while I was stabbing ice trolls and getting them stuck on rocks and shouting at them, <laughs> then I think I'd be far more excited than what's in the actual game. Like, the best... um the best combat song in Skyrim is that, you know, uh, reorchestration of the main theme. That the, when you, dragons. yeah, the dragon fighting song. That is a yeah. good song, man. It's really good. Um, but I just think in general, Jeremy Soul is typically better at writing quieter, more ambient pieces. I think that's where his real soul, uh, lies. Har, 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 har. I think yeah. you're right, though. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to go for that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, every time, every time. You know, you can't really do a good Jeremy pun, so you gotta. <laughs> so speaking of Skyrim, though, um, obviously the, the Norns are pretty much the same thing as the Nords. And, yep. and since you wrote a whole soundtrack about the Nord culture, um, do you think that there are any 
like similar elements he's using between Skyrim and this song, or did he just go for different different styles regardless? Horns. Well, <laughs> I mean specifically I to these two games, not to all of his music that has ever existed. Hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, orchestration wise or um, instrumentation wise, I think there's definitely um, there are similarities. But you know, Guild Wars Two also is sort of obliged to continue the legacy of Guild Wars. Which right. uh, came out in 2005. So um, you got to ask, you know, okay, what's the first Elder Scrolls game that, that came out? At what time was that? Well, the first one that Jeremy Soule did was in 2003, I think. Mm-hmm. Or which is more. Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. Maybe because, two, 2002. I don't know. You know, we did uh, both the Guild Wars and a Guild Wars 2 show on Battle Bards. And when we did the Guild Wars show... And that was after we did the Guild Wars 2 show, which uh-huh. doesn't really make sense. Like, okay, but we did that anyway. <laughs> and I never played Guild Wars, like the first MMO. And when we went through that soundtrack, I realized that, oh my god, there are so many tracks here that are also in Guild Wars 2. And they're just, you know, a lot yeah. more um, refined in Guild Wars 2, and the orchestration is much nicer, of course. But uh, it's very much also based on the first MMO. And it's really, you know, there's like um, a legacy to to be continued. So um, I, I'm not sure you can say that uh, Skyrim inspired Guild Wars 2 as much as you can say Guild Wars inspired Guild Wars 2 music. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of the a lot of the cues and elements that he works into the Skyrim soundtrack are just not present here. Like mm-hmm. there are yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is it doesn't honestly remind me very much of Skyrim. No. Yeah, Skyrim went for much darker choruses, lots of yep. male voices, and uh, yep. this has a much higher, uh, fast-paced, adventurous, light-hearted even uh, light-hearted spirit. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. a bit more, sort of a bit more regal as well, you know, mm-hmm. like the royal real sound to it. And Skyrim always struck me as a very sort of desolate at times. Lonely, you know, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. lonely. Barbaric. And, exactly, and much rougher. Um, also, the landscape, and I think, yeah. is, is rougher. Yeah, Guild Wars is a much more fantastical, polished world in general, and I think mm. the soundtrack reflects that quite a bit. But one, while we're still on the Elder Scrolls comparison, mm-hmm. um, one thing you have to consider is the enormity of the Guild Wars 2 soundtrack. Skyrim yeah. is a a fairly small uh, soundtrack, all things considered, uh, at least mm-hmm. relatively. But Jeremy Soule had to compose so much music for uh, Guild Wars 2. I don't know how he... How he kept the same style going without just straight up running out of ideas. Um, and I, I think at some point that shows some of the music in Guild Wars yeah. 2 sounds kind of generic. Um, and same-ish. Yeah. Definitely. Honestly, because I just don't know how you could avoid that. Um, mm. World of Warcraft, I don't even know if it has as much music as Guild Wars 2. And that is separated by, you know, major expansion packs. Um, mm. So those are going to sound really different. But Guild Wars Two is kind of just one big great package when it was originally mm. released. So yeah, and I think the, was... you know the the later tracks for Guild Wars Two, we didn't compose all of them anymore. Like there's mm. other composers that have done like the Halloween stuff, for instance. Yeah. Mm. So um, there's more composers now that have been adding to Guild Wars Two. Hey, what was that? Uh, that uh, like retro inspired the adventure box, adventure box, yeah, super adventure box. Okay, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. remember what that was called. I wanted to look up that music because I remember it being pretty fun. That's really fun, actually. It's a very, very well done, done um, homage, you know, to those old games. Mm-hmm. And we've yeah. talked about, I think, one or two tracks on Battleboards from from that. Um, they're really great, great fun. Yeah, I that was some of the most fun I had playing Guild Wars too. I can't believe <laughs> we stopped so playing yeah. that game. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. It was just like. This is the kind of thing that, um, you know, a lot of fantasy games would not do. Yeah. Um, it's really going out there, but Guild Wars had that, you know, sense of randomness and humor. Guild Wars 2 is very good at taking itself completely seriously and then at the at the drop of a pin reversing that and just being yeah. goofy as all get out. <laughs> did you did you guys do the Frog King? <laughs> I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. Was that? It was like one of the later stages. You would have to um, kill the the frog king. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's uh, like a boss encounter inside the the super adventure box. Oh gosh, that's 
That sounds yeah, um, a lot of fun. My, my three favorite memories from that was trying to oh, get man. you, Brian, to jump up the trees in the forest. That was so hard. And you kept falling down repeatedly. <laughs> I also loved, um, I think when you died or something, you would like go into some area where you're like being strapped to bombs or yes, some, some yes, weird sequence so. that I always liked. And lastly, being in like the overworld of, of the adventure box and trying to get everyone to dance with me and no one would ever dance. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, that overworld was awesome. You could like jump on the clouds and there are like yeah. so many different places you could go. It was, it was really good. Um, yeah. That's kind of off topic. It is a little bit Although, off topic. I suppose. Um, something interesting about this track to me is... Do you, either of you know for sure whether Guild Wars 2 was a synthesized orchestra or a real orchestra? I'm tempted to say real, but knowing Jeremy Soule's extreme skill with... Because uh, that's the crazy thing about Jeremy Soule is all of the Elder Scrolls games, except for the choir in Skyrim, is synthesized. Um, which is insane, because Skyrim at many times sounds like it could be orchestrated. Um so I'm curious if he was actually given an orchestra for this game or if he synthesized it, because in either case, it's, it sounds great um, for oh, this yeah. track. It, I mean, I would say that this is a full orchestra if I just listened to it once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing Jeremy's soul, I could easily see this being his own creation from his own computer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for how similar it sounds to the other stuff, I'm going to guess it was mostly... Uh, VSTs and especially because there was so much of it. Yeah, I don't know if he would get a live recording for every piece. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know though. We should. Yeah, I wish he really would good. respond to my emails. <laughs> <laughs> so oh yeah, well, all this, it's very very difficult. Like it's one of our um, gripes uh, on the show. You know, we had some composers on in the past, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like Chance Thomas from Lotro and and such, and and um, Jeremy Soul is basically unreachable. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> never gets back to you. Sips emails. <laughs> we, he must be very busy and important, of course. But mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> the only time I get emails from Jeremy Soul are automatic emails thanking me for donating to his Kickstarter. Yeah, <laughs> and even then, those are sent through a PR agency he hired. So I'm just like, gosh darn it, Jeremy. You're a very hard man to contact. Good question, though. I mean, I always assumed that uh, a lot of this was life orchestra, but if it's indeed synthetic, all of it, that would be very impressive. Yeah. He's a a master of that, for sure. I think the the best person I'm aware of in the business, so if anyone could pull that off, it would be Jeremy. Yeah. But I don't actually Mm -hmm. know for this this game. Uh, I find it interesting for this track. It's very much I really like themes of either characters or races, and this very much is trying to create a theme for for the race in general. It reminds me of like Man. what the city themes in World of Warcraft often accomplished. They were short, about you know one to two minute tracks that focused around a central melody that kind of um, tried to create the identity for a given race. Yes, and that's to me what this is doing as well. That's one of the reasons I brought up the Lord of the Rings comparison in my mind. Is that's really what Howard Shore was doing with Lord of the Rings soundtracks. Um, he created very simple melodies for pretty much all of the major players, be it Mordor, Isengard, Gondor, Rohan, etc. And this, to me, very much is in that camp of of composition. I, you're you're entirely right. Um, I could imagine the song being played in some slower, quieter moments uh, during mm-hmm. maybe cutscenes or personal events. Uh, it uses the theme, you know, with different instrumentation to capture a different mood. Right. Yeah. It does feel like, you know, very sort of campaign music. Um, and I think it does play in sort of story-related scenarios every now and then. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And MMO players sort of love that. You know, every race gets their own style of music and mm-hmm. or, or different sort of cultural places that have a sound to them that you can identify and and um you identify with it as well through the races that you play and this is your music and and you know like iron forge oh my god everyone can hum mm-hmm. the, the music <laughs> of iron forge <laughs> just because yeah it's so representative of the dwarves and, and so i think it's very important for mmos and at the same time what i always found interesting about guild wars 2 is it doesn't really have zone music anymore um you know, if you oh, really? think of older MMOs, yeah, I mean, in the sense that, uh, World of Warcraft is a good example. It's like this patchwork where you just have very distinct zones and mm-hmm. borders between zones. And the moment that you transition between zones, there's a new track. 
you don't have that in Guild Wars 2. You don't have these mm. very defined sort of square um, zones, and you don't have these borders for the music either. So um, it's, it's a very different feeling when yeah. you travel around. And, and some tracks, they can pop up uh, at different places. They're not really tied to just this one place. Like Elven Forest only plays in Elven Forest, right? Yeah. But this is not the case in um, Interior. I think you gain a lot and lose a lot by using that technique. Um, mm-hmm. I think you I lose mean, what the Elder Scrolls games do, but yeah. kind of to the extreme where there's no regional music in those games. Skyrim actually does that a little bit, I think. I think yeah. certain Maybe tracks will only cities. play around mm-hmm. certain areas, but it's so subtle it's hard to tell. But yeah, um, but those are three games: World of Warcraft, uh, Guild Wars Two, and Elder Scrolls. Uh, maybe like the top three games for going out and having adventures, <laughs> at least like in the traditional <laughs> RPG uh, mm. or MMO space. So, anyway, I'll, maybe we should start wrapping this up. Do you guys have any more thoughts about the song to cover before we end? Hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think mm. I, uh, I said everything I had to say. Exhausted everything. <laughs> I think we. I think we got it all. I mean, rad drums. Okay, good. Rad horns. Drums. We'll horns. Yes, horns. I forgot to say horns. Yeah, we haven't mentioned the horns enough. Yes. You know, maybe Jeremy Soul won't come on our show because you make fun of the horns. Hey, no, he does amazing horns. I mean, especially if these are synthesized. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. It's so hard to get good sounding synthetic horns. Well, just horns. listen to Iron Forge for crying out loud. Uh, yeah, Sorry, it's really problematic. We, you're yeah. our friend. Um, <laughs> All right, let's head on to the outro then. This has been an episode of Train Station to Date, and we thank you for listening to it. Um, if you want to contact us, you could always email us at trainstationedate at gmail.com or, or, or follow us on Twitter at trainstationedate. Uh, we're also on Facebook and YouTube, so you can go look for us there too. Um, we're, of course, part of the Whales or Whales Network. Uh, where you can find all kinds of other shows, uh, kind of like this one, but with uh, us again and occasionally other people. Um, you can find me on Twitter too. I'm Stephen Kelly 180, and Brian, your Lord Melthor. Go, that's me. Yep, that's pretty much us in Whales or Whales in a nutshell. Uh, Sill, how about you? Anything you want to plug? Sure, uh, I'd like to plug Battleboard since we've been talking about it. Uh-huh. It's uh, <laughs> the world's only ML music podcast where I um, talk on a bi-weekly basis with my two absentee co-hosts, <laughs> Sip and Steph. It's at battleboards.lipson.com. And we're also part of the Gaming and Entertainment Network, uh, which hosts a couple of different gaming-related podcasts. It's uh, tgenetwork.net. And I'm also on Twitter under uh, gypsy underscore sill. Well, very cool. That was a, a, a very uh, concise and well-spoken uh, batch of plugs. Well done. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of the show. Again, thanks for listening. Next week, who knows what's going to happen. We're going to be changing up the format. We have all kinds of brand new ideas. Next week is going to be about carpentry. <laughs> yeah, we're really wow. changing up the format. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best video game music to listen to while doing carpentry? Ooh, that's act- that could be a topic. Uh, oddly yeah. enough, I'm really interested to talk about that now. <laughs> Ooh, I would say you should listen to um, the version of Mumbo's Mountain from Banjo-Kazooie that has all the little ants going, two, three, four, right? See, I would say listen to the Warcraft 3 soundtrack because you constantly have workers like building buildings and stuff. <gasps> in that oh, game so and chopping down work. lumber <laughs> yeah you just you just play the warcraft 3 soundtrack especially the human stuff and you're just right in there all right well if we're going to talk about carpentry brian i suggest we <laughs> table that subject for next oh, week nice <laughs> and close out today's episode um so look forward to all that thanks for listening again uh, i've been steven as usual brian you've been yourself and still yeah. thanks a lot for coming on board with us we enjoyed it Hey, I had a blast. Thanks, you guys. It was really enjoyable. You're very welcome. And we'll see everyone next week. Bye-bye. Bye.